everyone. Welcome back to Spotlight On, the interview podcast where I get to go and speak with Mississippi artists about their lives, their history, and their practice. We find out what they're doing in their studios, and we find out all about how they think. I'm your host, Derek Covington-Smith, and I invite you to come along as we discover what it is to live and work as an artist in Mississippi today. The Spotlight On podcast is brought to you by the Little Yellow Building in Brookhaven, Mississippi. All right, on to the interview. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to Spotlight On. This week, I'm joined by Jane randall Cleek. Um, Jane, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing with us about your life and your experiences. Why don't you start off by letting everybody know how you grew up and your history with art? Oh, cool. Um, thank you for having me. I was actually... Um listening to some previous episodes and it's kind of overwhelming. You have a very um, good portfolio of people that have been on your show and it's like very intimidating, like, wow, so cool. So thankful to be here. Um, So I'm originally from Alabama, uh, a central part of the state. Opelika is outside of Auburn and I grew up on a farm. Um, And my first encounter, I guess you would say with, with art lessons or private art lessons, Um, a little boy, he fell on me. I don't know if you ever had field days growing up, like in elementary school, the end of the year field day. Um, he fell on me and broke my leg clean in half um, my shin. And so that summer, my mom was so sad. She was like, I'm going to enroll you in some art lessons. And that was my first encounter really with creating in an, in a way that felt sort of tangible, like a tangible reality, even as a child. Um, I always loved drawing and doodling. I have like pictures of me always drawing and doodling. I remember some of my favorite assignments as a child were the ones where we got free reign and we got to create whatever we wanted to. Um, so I've always had that desire and passion in me to use my hands. Um, grew up on a farm, so I always loved being outside and nature's always been an inspiring element. Um, and then also uh, grew up knowing that like my great grandfather was an artist. My grandmother was an artist. So real in reality, pursuing that kind of has always been a possibility and so to speak. Um, so that was my adolescence and then went on to college and didn't feel like I was good enough to study art. I didn't really have any, um, any foundation. I went to small private school, so I didn't have any foundation for art for high school. I just had like one art class. There was no AP classes. And um, I actually took private voice lessons and started out in college as a voice major. So art was not really on my horizon and then um, switched to advertising. Didn't really, but I wanted to do like the creative element of advertising and um, quickly found out that that was a very small percentage of those in advertising. So I switched to art history, worked at the gallery on campus. Um, I went to the University of Alabama. And I think in hindsight, I wish I had just gone for it, you know, just gone for a fine art degree. But um, after college, really struggled a lot, kind of just to find my way. Went to a culinary program, thought I wanted to do decorative baking. So I spent a large portion of my um, creative and creative life just sort of trying to navigate where I would land. And I think I always knew it would be painting, but was scared to really go for it. But um, in my mid twenties, painting became a a form of therapy. I would paint by myself at home and I would paint things for people. And I started painting pet portraits. And then ultimately that led to a small business venture 
um, which is why my business name is Jane Sweet Jane. It was a play on Home Sweet Home. And I made hand painted pillows and I painted a lot of pets for people. Um, and then to, to fast forward where we are today, um, had that business, met my husband. He's in the military, uh, married him, moved. So I had to close the business, continued to paint pets. Um, a lot of pets for people. So I was able to maintain that, that skill of painting and that practice, but it wasn't, um, wasn't really as formal as it is today, as far as coming to the studio and practicing because we moved a lot. And in that time I had in that time of nine years of marriage, we've moved, I think five times. Um, and I've had four children. So it's been a jam packed (laughs) decade. And, um, but every, everywhere we've been, you know, I've kind of just maintained painting through the form of a lot of commissions and portraiture for people. And now I'm, um, I'm in a studio space in the Fondren district of Jackson, where I'm kind of, I really feel like I'm finally getting into my groove of what I would ideally like to do, I guess, for the rest of my tenure in painting, if I get to pursue it, you know, in the way that I want to. What a good path. I mean, an interesting path. You've got um, your story reminds me a little bit. Uh, well, at least the beginning of, of Joseph, Joseph McGowan, who I had on you know several episodes ago. He um, also has very, very strong family art history. Um, so it, it was something that he always saw as tangible. And then I think you and I are very similar in the fact that we couldn't learn, like we couldn't figure out where it was going to shine most. Um, and, and I was, I was terrified of thinking of painting as a career because when I was getting ready to go into college, it wasn't an option as, as a studio, um, degree, it, you know, it is now, and it had been in, in the beginning or prior to that, but it was really being replaced by computer arts. Yes. Um, at the time. And so to hear you take this path and, you know, lots of kids now get their 10,000 practice hours in school. Yours was done through hard labor and figuring out, you know, what's my business? What am I, what am I doing? And what am I going to, um, like how, what, what am I going to present the public? Like that's value. That's really, really valuable with your time. Now your art today really reflects all that dedicated practice because you have this beautiful realism streak um the your your subject matter might sometimes be something that seems mundane but the way you go in and the way you express it makes it really contemporary where do you get all your inspiration for your subject matter well i think um in different you know in the different things that i do create if it were to be landscapes, like I always love, I've always loved admiring the sky. I, the farm I grew up on, I grew up on a farm in Alabama and it's called Sunset Farm. So, I mean, I've always been drawn to the sky and watching the sky and watching um, the light in the sky as it, and the clouds and how it interacts with the sun. And so I would have to say that's been a large inspiration for the landscape subject matter, you know, just very dramatic skies. Um, as far as subject matter for animals and um some of the still lifes, you know, again, I grew up on a farm, so we had cattle and I grew up seeing Turkey in our yard and um, granted I haven't painted any turkeys, but I think that I love just grand subjects like horses and cows and even 
even though dogs aren't grand subjects, I enjoy capturing them in a very uh, peaceful manner, so to speak, um, where I find my you know, subject matter, just sort of moments that really seem beautiful and no one really stops to notice them. But if you're forced to look at it and if I'm if I'm painting it and I'm forcing you to look at it then perhaps you'll slow down enough to really observe it. Like for the for example, the, um, the little mini series of still life uh, of my children's toys, you know, they're, they're really pretty colors. They're very vibrant. They're very fun to look at. And a lot of times instead of admiring them, I'd find myself really frustrated with my kids toys. There's just so much junk. But um, I took a class at Mississippi College because I'm slowly trying to obtain my master's. And it was a good forcing function for me to pick a subject matter for still life. And that just naturally stood out as an interesting subject, interesting subjects that uh, could be arranged in ways that were sometimes naturally laying on the ground in that way that my kids left them or sometimes um, positioned by myself as from a vantage point that was a little bit more interesting and um, unique. Now the One of the, the pieces that it's in by the time this airs, it will be in, but um, it will be out for everyone to see. But you're in the, the seven deadly sins and the seven virtues show that we've got going on right now. And the piece that you have in there is for kindness. And it's this beautiful overhead view of a breakfast scene, complex colors and complex color combinations. But it's bright and vibrant. And when I first looked at it and the panel was looking at it, you know, they at first, they didn't want to read kindness. They're just like, oh, it's a breakfast plate. And then the more we sat with it, it was just like, oh, wow, how how nice was this to be laid out and how beautifully presented and how like that that really sunk in with the painting. Right. The gesture of I think for why I submitted it as kindness was for me and I'm very detail oriented in my life in general and in my art, which is why I do render things a lot of times realistically. You know, I think sometimes if you were just to throw breakfast on the table for someone, that's great. And that's very kind, you know, you're giving someone else some food, but if you were to place it in a certain way and present it in a certain way that really showed, I thought about you in this. And I have given some thought to the curation of placement of every little element. That's really kind. That takes the kindness up to another level. I'm not just feeding you. I'm actually I want you to, to know that I love you. And I feel like that's why I submit, that's why it resonated with kindness for me because um, man, the, I, I sometimes put out what I want to receive. I think we all do. And uh, I sometimes just want someone to pay attention to the tiny details of something and not just, okay, I did it, check the box, but kind of go the extra mile of effort in those little details. Cause that for me is where I really resonate with intentionality, so to speak, you know? So, yes, I love that painting. Thank you. I do like that painting. I liked painting it as well. It was I mean, it's a wonderful addition to that collection because there's just a wide range of of the ways you can show kindness in that in that little part. So I'm excited to be able to, to share that and to, to see that. So you have four children. You have this booming art practice that you're building in the Fondren district. Tell us about that, by the way. Tell us about your studio in the Fondren district. Well, I don't even know how the space came to be found. By, I mean, my husband was deployed. He just got, he was deployed for six months of this year. Um, and he called me one night before he went to bed and he said, I, I don't know how I found this spot, but it just populated, I guess, on my, my 
he's not even on social media. We really like, he cannot even remember how it populated into his path, but um, he was like, I think you should go see it. And at that time I said, you know, I'm not, I haven't painted since you've been gone. I'm so, so down about not having created anything lately. I've sort of just killed the desire, so to speak, that's in me to paint because it's not a possibility right now. And he's like, I think you should, because when I get home, you know, you'll have, you'll be able to pick it back up. And anyway, all that to say, I called the the number and I came and looked at the space and um, it's just got one, two, three, four, win- it's got four windows. It's bright. It's beautiful. There's a common area where if like, I want to have little art lessons or art classes or a painting at night with couples or something, um, they've allowed that as an opportunity. And I was able to finally, I guess put into reality what I've been hoping as a reality for so many years and have put aside as I've raised children and birthed children and moved for military career. Um, So I really feel like it's just starting. It's like the little seed I planted a long time ago of dreams and hopes are finally starting to crop up uh, as a reality. And I get to see it, you know, I have my canvas is painted and prepped all at one time. And I can say, okay, now I want to start a whole series with this style of painting or, you know, these types of works and um, actually start planning ahead. Whereas before it was just sort of bite by bite, take what I can get. Um, so I'm in downtown, um, Jackson in the Fondren district or not downtown Jackson, but I'm in the Fondren area in a building that was renovated. It's the old police precinct. So it was recently renovated and it has office spaces. So that's kind of, it's neat. You know, there's a history element and I'm right down the street, um, from, the whole, all the whole area of Fondren that's getting renovated. Um, it's funny because years ago in my home decor business where I hand painted pillows, I came to Mistletoe Marketplace two years in a row. And I remember being like, oh, you know, my mom and my sister were with me because we were all doing it together. And I said, I want to go downtown. I want to see this Fondren area. It's really retro and, and unique and funky and I just wanted to walk around and I remember standing in front of the beacon, the corner, uh, that beacon building. If you are in the Jackson area, you probably know what I'm talking about. And I remember looking at it and being like, man, I, I could totally see myself here one day. Like, I don't know how, but this, maybe this will happen. And so strange that I'm actually here. It's very, I actually looked at a space in, uh, the beacon too, but, uh, this, this spot had really great light. So it just worked out a little bit better. So how do you find adjustment to an actual work schedule? You know, you used to, you were, Oh, we have to fit in painting anywhere we can. Now you have an area. So it's, it's nine to five or it's, you know, seven to to five or, you know, how do you find the adjustment? It's really great. I mean, you know, it's uh, my husband often tells me that, I'm the type of person that needs a forcing function to be productive in certain ways. And I completely agree. I had a studio space at home before and it was my own little room off the garage, but I would find myself going into the house and getting distracted with, Oh my gosh, you know, I cannot, I need to help my husband clean this, this area stuff up before I go back into my work zone. Um, Cause it, when you have four kids, having someone to help you really does make a difference. And so you feel guilty when you're away, but um, my older two children are in elementary school and my younger two children have a very, very healthy preschool that they attend. So we've been able to, 
you know, get into that rhythm where drop off and then I pick up it. So I get to work from about eight to eight to one and I average, you know, at least 20 hours a week. And that's a huge, it's a huge adjustment. You just, you go from no productivity to immense productivity and, um, you kind of start to feel hopeful again, if that makes sense. Because like when my husband was deployed, you felt, I felt very sad. Um, Cause when you don't, if you're creative and you don't have that outlet to really, to really practice and do, it can be very sad. So it was kind of hard, but it was also a good time to be introspective of, okay, what do I want things to look like when I do finally get back to painting again and it refocuses you and you kind of slough off the things that you don't want to focus on that might have been in hindsight a distraction and you can kind of come back in refreshed so coming back to the studios having a studio space where I can actually get things accomplished so to speak is game-changing in a way when you go on your Instagram um, Jane Sweet Jane and, and as you scroll through Right now you're doing landscapes um, and these big, they, they look like they're big. Are they big? These big, beautiful landscapes. Um, and then before that, you had a whole section of the, your, your children's toys, the still lives. And before that you had the pet portraits and before that, you had, um, and then there were these really interesting look like watercolor collage pieces that were really cool. Um, do you tend to work in series like that? Do you tend to work in spurts of, of subject matter takes up 10 paintings and then move on? Or how, how do you find your inspiration? I think so. I, I do. And I think that's something that frustrates me about myself that I kind of move around too much. Um, so now that I'm in this studio space, I kind of want to just hone in on some things a little bit for a little bit longer. And that's what I meant when I said, you know, that deployment kind of highlighted to me or being alone and not being able to paint solo parenting and not being able to paint so much highlighted to me like when I do get back to uh, painting again, I really need to, I really want to hone in on certain things that I, that I love not and kind of do away with some of the exploration and and reserve it for a different time and really focus in on um, what's the word, maybe a consistent aesthetic, so to speak. I mean, I'm always, my brushstroke and style is always pretty tight and realistic, but Subject matter wise, I need to just maybe hone in on certain things. I always will probably do pet portrait commissions and and commission pieces because I want to make money and I need to make money. Um, It's it's fun to paint just for the sake of painting, but to make to make money to pay for studio space is also important. But I would say I definitely. Yeah, I definitely am cyclical um, and I have in the past been very. I've moved around a lot from thing to thing. So now I think though, since returning, being able to paint again for in six, in six months, I'm like, okay, let's hone in on something and really push myself to, to spend some time in it for a little bit longer and not just jump to try something else because I feel an itch to try something else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Well, how are you finding the business side of everything? That's also been a big learning curve. Um, I've tried to become a lot more intentional about logging hours and logging commissions and logging, you know, how much I make. And and it's really important to refine for me. It has been, and this is something I tell other artists. Sometimes people ask me, what do you charge for X, Y, Z? Or 
what what is your rate for a pet portrait? And I've told a lot of people before, like, you know, know how many hours it takes you start to finish and really consistently get down to that that understanding for it, especially for me with that pet portraits. Um, and then, and then you'll know how much it exactly costs and then you can have your set price. So I think for me, it's a business side of things. If I can try to, and in a way, Instagram is a marketing tool as much as we don't want it to be, or sometimes feel like it cheapens art in a way. Um, it is a marketing tool and it does create a certain aesthetic when people come to your page and, um, want to either buy into what you're producing or commission you for something. I think that's really important. So I've, I've tried to slowly study and watch other artists and how they use it as a marketing tool. And um, I've done different courses before, like through certain podcasts where they kind of teach you about how to be not just painting for painting sake, but to also professionalize it and really hone in on if you're going to do it and you want to make money at it, then you need to make sure this is a part of your practice as well. The, the people see all the painting and the cool and pretty things of it. But in reality, there's also a whole nother element where it's behind the scenes where you're creating invoices or creating spreadsheets and logging hours. And um, that's not the quote sexy part of artistry, but it's, it's very important, especially if you're um, have the option to, or have the ability to, paint on a regular basis on a daily basis and make it your practice. You want to, you do want to monetize it in some way. I mean, I do at least I do want to make money for um, the sake of the four children that I have. (laughs) Well, I think it's a big thing going forward into the future. Now Um, artists, it's your own personal business. Just you are your own business period. Mm -hmm. For for so long, it wasn't able, you weren't able to be that way. You couldn't list your name in the phone book and have it under artist and expect everybody to find it. But on Instagram and social media, some, sometimes this is the only way that people will ever be able to, to feel who you are or to see who you are and to connect with you. And that's a business aspect. But when they finally contact you, you need to have your system set up to contact them back, to be ready to quote them to, because when you're stumbling through all of it, people see it as, as one of two things, either yay, I'm on board with somebody who's just starting out and doesn't really know anything or B I'm getting BS like completely. So, you know, having, having your systems in place gives you a confidence to, to take wow. missions, to take orders and, and stuff. Yeah. Wow. It's a lot to build. It's a lot to understand. It is a whole lot to understand. And it's probably why one of the greatest expressions in the art community is it's a long game. There's just a lot to learn. There's a lot. And I feel like I'm just, you know, at the beginning of certain things and I'm just starting to learn a lot, you know, there's so much to learn. Um, it can be very overwhelming, probably, can deter people from even starting in the first place, which you hope not, but it can be very overwhelming. Well, Jane, what have you got going on now? Right now, well, it's holidays. Um, I'm doing, I'm painting some commissions for people that, you know, pet portraits and home portraiture and some landscape portraits. And then I'm, I'm working on, I really would like to, for 2022, have a series completed, you know, by early spring of these landscapes that are um, more just 
ethereal in in their presence, so to speak. If I had a dollar for every sunset or or sunrise or skyscape that I've taken on my phone, I probably have thousands of dollars. So, um, you know, I've taken pictures enough that I feel like it's now time to maybe just put them into reality onto canvas. Um, so I want to work on that as a series or a collection. And, um, I don't know how to go about it, but maybe have a show of some kind in the spring somewhere. Um, that, that's a, that's a dream and a hope. And then I'm also working on, um, more of the large scale animals. Again, I've taken so many pictures of large grand animals that I kind of, and, and I like to paint them in a very serene, peaceful way. I kind of want to also put that into reality. Some of the pictures that I've captured of horses as I'm driving by pastures or, um, cattle as I'm driving by pasture. So ultimately right now I'm, I'm seizing the opportunity to finally be able to be in a studio space again um, and put onto canvas things that have been in my heart for a really long time. So, um, and I have, you know, some still lifes that I've drawn that haven't gotten to be painted yet. So there's a lot of things that I just finally feel like I have time to do and I'm going to try to do those things and be intentional with my time when I get to the studio, you know, so get through commissions of the holidays and then rehone my, um, my, my focus on some of the canvases and, and paintings that I've wanted to do for a while. I'm also illustrating a book for a girl, a friend out of North Carolina. We lived in North Carolina for a little bit and um, I, I'm illustrating a little book for her. So I really, I love doing that as well, but, um, when you have that you just recently, it was, um, the perfect tale. It's about our dog, Olive. She has a broken tail and it's a rhyming story about how her, um, her change of perspective about her broken tail goes from, you know, feeling poorly about herself and insecure to realizing that her imperfection is actually what makes her unique and, and perfect in her own way as well. So it's a children's book and um, this week. So anyway, I do that. That also makes me sound like I'm all over the place, but um, I do have a lot more focus, I think from this past deployment and and having a lot of time to my husband's deployment, having a lot of time to think about what do I want to focus on when I get back to painting again? And um, those are some of the things that I'm working on mainly working on a series and trying to hopefully have a show at some point next year, or I don't know, maybe meeting with a gallery. That's a, that's a goal and a dream too. I mean, you're at such an exciting point. You've got this, this great new studio space. You've got a lot of different ideas and great things happening. Um, you know, you, you've talked a lot about focusing down, but at the same time, when a, when a book opportunity or something like that comes down, it's an opportunity. Like congratulations for taking it. Cause those are always exciting. Yeah. Do you happen to host open studio hours or anything where people could come and visit you? I always am open to letting people come visit me. Uh, I have, you know, I, I want to have an inviting space and generally I don't have set hours. I just, you know, request if you want to come and talk about a commission or you would like to come and talk about art or talk about anything, just let me know and we'll set up a time so that it's not an unexpected drop in. I think that that's hard when you're in the groove of a painting and someone asks, you know, can I come right now? Of course, I'll never deny um, 
a visitor, but I generally generally like to say, let's set a time so that you can come. So yes, I do have open hours. I'm not on a, you know, I'm not on a street front. I'm not, I'm upstairs of a building. So it's off the beaten path and you'd have to really set up a time to come see me probably. (laughs) Well, for anybody who is, is listening and thinking, I want a career in art or anybody, any artist that's coming up behind you, what would be some, some advice you would give them? Well, I think in hindsight for myself, the, that fear of not thinking I was good enough or fear of criticism, um, and, or failure really stunted what could have been an earlier start for me. And so I would have to say, you know, don't be afraid of criticism or failure or um, the slow growth and figuring it out. Don't compare yourself to other, I mean, social media now, it's so easy to just compare yourself instantaneously to someone. And I think that can be dangerous territory. So, you know, Overcoming your fear is a huge part, I think, of the creating process and avoiding comparison is also pretty significant as well. Um, I think that's what I would would offer people, you know, to just take the leap of faith and go for it. Yeah. Well, Jane, thank you so much for being on here with us. We, I, I appreciate you coming on and, and taking the morning to talk about your story, to tell us what you've got going on, to tell us the exciting news about your studio. And this, I'm, I'm excited to keep watching you and to see everything that's going on with you because your artwork is stunning and uh, it's just going to go boom. <laughs> Oh, you're very kind. I'm excited to, again, thank you for letting me come and talk about myself. It's so funny. It's, I never really talk about myself or my art much. And, um, it's so, it's so nice to even be asked to share it. So thank you. For anyone that wants to find Jane, it's janesweetjane.com and that's J A N E and it's Jane sweet Jane on Instagram. All right. Until next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.